Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action sci-fi classic Predator one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Glover. <laughs> Almost said, and until <laughs> next time. <laughs> podcast over. <laughs> Stick around. Stick around. <laughs> and yeah, it's been a while since we talked. It's been a couple weeks, I guess. I know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Welcome back to the podcast, Jeff. Hey. hey. Yeah, Aaron, brother of the show, Aaron Zabriskie, filled in as the doctor on duty last week to talk minute fifty-four, where the predator was starting his self-medication for treating his bullet wound. Yeah, I missed out on cool like sci-fi medical instrument talk yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah aaron did a great job for that and here at minute 55 we're opening with the predator finishing up his self-medication and ends with mac looking at mac Mac. (laughs) with mac looking at dylan dylan (laughs) dylan dylan uh aaron was not as uh, participatory in the drops, so. <laughs> <laughs> not so enthusiastic. Yeah, he threw out a couple. Um, keep in mind, audience, uh, Aaron's family just had a brand new addition um, a couple weeks ago. So, <laughs> if he sounds a little bit drowsy in the last minute, you know why he's uh, recovering. New dad. Oh, dude, he's just living on the edge right now. Yeah, I know that. I remember that feeling. I remember that yeah, feeling like, exactly one year ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm just sleep in like one to two hour chunks, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah, it's a lot of poopy diapers and bottle feeding and breastfeeding and <laughs> lots of lots of bodily fluids <laughs> really. being exchanged. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a living. <laughs> <laughs> Got to do it. So we we have a multi-layered part or multi-layered minute for this minute, minute 55. So Jeff, if you want to uh, jump down the first part, go for it. Sure. Yeah. So the very first part, about the first 10 seconds or so of the minute, we're uh, finishing up uh, the Predator's self-medication here. And uh, he's uh, finishing dressing his wound or tending to his wound and we start with a close-up of his uh hands and claws and really long fingernails Mm -hmm. and uh he's we see the open green wound and he's really like shoving his fingers in there and then he uh puts a clamp down on there Mm -hmm. and uh as he as he squeezes that clamp screams yells up into the sky And the camera pulls back and we get a very quick shot of his face uh, in the mask. Um, and the scream echoes uh, where we kind of quick cut to Anna and her face uh, looking up. And she kind of looks back at Billy, who also then looks up. What do we think about this, this clamp he's placing here? Is this supposed to be like a little localized tourniquet of some sort? I believe so. I'm having to freeze frame a lot because the cuts are really quick when he's putting on his uh clamp and yeah yeah i I imagine that's because the the people have to kind of show his fingers where to go because kevin peter hall uh is probably most likely like looking down at this without the mask and the scenes where it's showing just his hands and the clamp and his wound but at the same time he's wearing like like these thick rubbery gloves and the claws are kind of bendy and they're probably having to guide the um piece into uh, 
um, into the the predator's wound. Yeah, you guys probably talked about this last minute. How like this whole scene looks cumbersome for uh, Kevin Peter Hall in the suit, right? Like trying to do this kind of intricate scene with these big rubber gloves on and the the whole suit on. Um, so I think that explains the quick cuts so that we don't linger too long on the kind of the awkwardness of him trying to do this, but it's effective. Like it's cool. I mean, when you see it, we're, we're seeing a close up of the predator without his cloak on, you know, for the first time. Uh, I mean, you see it for the first time last minute, but it continues here. So as an audience member, you're just uh, kind of amazed by uh, seeing this creature for the first time and, and it, as a close up, you know? Yeah. And um, just, I'm trying to freeze frame it. Sorry for all the clicks that are going to come yeah. through. But like when mm -hmm. I freeze frame it, say on, what second is this? Like it's about second three where you can freeze frame it and you're looking kind of over your shoulder, over his shoulder at his wound and he's about to yeah. roar back into the jungle like just a split second before he does that. You can kind of look down and, and I'm guessing like the pink and gray spotted um, texture on his body is oh. his skin, which makes it look yeah. like he's wearing like really high boots, but no, but like kind of sandals. Like maybe he's wearing like shin guards almost or uh, gauntlets for his legs, but like <laughs> it's kind of weird. But like they end at like just above the knee, and he must right. be wearing like a loincloth and like a little bit of body armor, but by and large, he is like. <laughs> he's just kind of hanging out there like he's, right. he's not totally armored like you might think he was if you um are watching this movie and it like clips by really quickly like that and now i can't remember um i watched through last minute a couple times to make sure i was up to speed but is this the first like real shot we get of his like dreadlock hair yeah this is the first dreadlock shot and the first yeah. and the first mask shot when he roars back you know you throws back right. the head to scream and that's that's uh yeah the first time you see the mask that's a really cool freeze frame if you pause it around the fifth second there yeah he throws his head back to scream he's sitting up in the tree and the sun is shining right through that gap yeah in between the two uh in between the two trees that would be a really cool like freeze frame i know some people like to um collect like cell is it called celluloid shots yeah movies yeah um that would be a really cool one to have the predator up in the tree with the sun shining through mm -hmm. but yeah this is the first time we kind of get a full body view of him with the mask and the dreads and kind of see what his whole getup is here as he's tending to himself in the tree pretty cool yeah and it's a really human-like moment for us being right. with the predator like self-medicating we might have done that before where we have to like put some rubbing alcohol in a wound or something like that. And we're just like, like you're just grimacing and like groaning through gritted teeth. And here he's tending a bullet wound. And it's probably, it's just as painful as if a person was tending a bullet wound um, with, with the yeah. amount of pain he's, he's exuding through his roar. I mean, it's a, it's a, an important scene in the story actually, because it, you know, up until this point, the, the Predator's been sort of this invincible force. Mm -hmm. um, and we finally learn that, oh, you know, he's uh, he's vulnerable. Um, he can be injured. You know, he bleeds. If he bleeds, we can kill it. I ain't got time to bleed. And um, 
and he's now injured. And so we wonder going forward, is this injury going to hamper him? Uh, what's going to be the long-term effects and uh, kind of changes our perspective a little bit of this, this villain, this enemy. Before we talk about the on a Billy Mac focus, Mac, Mac, Mac. Uh, we should throw a little bit more credit Stan Winston's way. I mentioned him briefly last minute, how he was the one who designed this iteration of the predator. The one we see on screen after they had to halt production when the first design came through and it was just awful. Um, he's, he's the one who redesigned it. They called in, especially to redesign this outfit. And Stan Winston is a god among designers <laughs> in the Hollywood world um, during his relatively short uh, Hollywood career. Like he was most notably working between 19, like the early 1980s and 2008 uh, when he passed away. Uh, but he's known throughout uh, cinema, the cinemascape as a very talented visual effects artist, a very, very talented makeup effects artist in fact he won the oscar for visual effects for aliens and for terminator 2 and for jurassic park uh, like mm. three hugely effects driven movies yeah um, he also won the best makeup for terminator 2 and he was nominated for the oscar for predator visual effects oh awesome of course his his uh time as you mentioned was relatively short but my god he was so prolific mm -hmm. in that period and if you look at his filmography the movies he he worked on it's amazing mm -hmm. uh just can i run through the list real quickly here of some of the stuff he did please and this is just like a, a sampling of the dozens of credits he has yeah, this is not even everything, but the, the ones that stand out. So the first four Terminator movies, as you mentioned there, um, Heart Beeps, the, <laughs> the Star Wars <laughs> holiday special, which cracks me up. <laughs> um, but uh, my favorite movie of all time, The Thing. Yes. Friday the 13th, part two and three, Starman, Edward Scissorhands, Batman Returns, specifically the Penguin costume. Hey, my name is not Oswald. It's Penguin. Um, Invaders from Mars, Aliens, Predator 1, Predator 2, Monster Squad, Congo, Jurassic Park 1 and 2, End of Days, Interview with a Vampire, Island of Dr. Moreau. Uh, man, it just goes on and on and mm -hmm. on. Even later in his career when he's doing relatively smaller films, like smaller horror films, mm -hmm. like The Relic, Lake Placid, um, those are still pretty revered movies in the horror community and all very effects-driven, so... He is he is the man. He's the man. He's Stan the man. Stan the man. Yeah, so unfortunately, the world lost Stan Winston too soon. I wish he was still around doing effects. Yeah. Um, he His last two credits, well, the last two like big Hollywood credits were Iron Man and Avatar. So he was just at the cusp of starting man. this like superhero craze. Yeah, he finished with a bang. Yeah. Uh he he also directed Pumpkinhead. That was like the one actual movie he directed. Then there's some video shorts and some video games that he directed too. Yeah, Pumpkinhead also a uh a, a smaller but um has a pretty strong cult following again in the horror community and once again mostly for the visual effects. It's a pretty straightforward like monster in the woods, monster on a farm type of movie, but um that movie is known for having really cool monster effects. So mm -hmm. there you go. He's the man.
Yeah, and and if you listener are interested in a career in visual effects, there is the Stan Winston School of Character Arts, which was founded after his death by his family to quote preserve Stan's les- preserve Stan's legacy by inspiring and fostering creativity in a new generation of character creators. End quote. So it appears that you can uh, follow in his footsteps somewhat and learn from his students maybe have a career in visual effects. Very cool. Everyone go out there and do that because we do not want to ever let practical effects die. Yes. Ever, ever. Yes. That's part of the reason I just continue to love the Star Wars movies is that they are not afraid to work their asses off putting together visual effects, uh, practical effects in front of the camera and right depend a little bit less on cgi than um they might be tempted to yeah yeah Yeah. for sure so yeah thank you stan winston Uh, anytime you see the predator design just be thinking about stan winston and how awesome (laughs) he was in coming up with that design all right uh well do you have anything else to add uh to this first little section here um i guess i guess we get this quick little rack focus your favorite uh favorite camera technique Mm -hmm. (laughs) from anna to billy both of them looking up and then anna is looking back to billy uh billy does not return the gaze he just continues to look up which to me indicates that this is a sound coming from above it doesn't necessarily mean that it's close by but it's definitely like at a higher elevation than they are which should maybe yeah. clue them in uh, to the predator being higher up than them. Yeah, they're hearing this up in the canopy, right? For sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that brings us to the second section here, which is about second 10 to second 30, 32. Mm-hmm. And we get uh, Dylan. Dylan. Is... Dylan. Dylan. He's talking on the radio and he's trying to organize some sort of extraction here. Mm-hmm. So he's chatting with some. Uh, unknown person on the other end of the radio and uh do we want to do a little dramatic line reading here of their conversation let's do it i'll, I'll be dylan, dylan and you can be blazer one blazer one <laughs> <laughs> mother bird this is uh yellowhead go ahead okay so I'll, I'll be dylan on the phone and you can be blazer one through some kind of uh extra auditory channel sure all right here we go Blazer 1, I repeat, extraction necessary. Say again, Blazer 1. Say again. Red Fox, request for extraction denied. Area is still compromised. Proceed to Sector 3000 for prisoner extraction. Priority out. Next contact, 0930. Roger, Blazer 1. 1030 hours. Damn bastards. (laughs) (laughs) And he hands uh, Panchito the phone to hang up. If he, if he could have hung up angrily, he would have done so, but it's more or less a, a glorified walkie-talkie. Yeah, he's missing out on like that uh, phone slam. Yeah. You know, like the slam hang-up. I miss that. You know, no one has landlines anymore. You can't really like hang up on someone hard anymore. Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. Like when you're reading a book too, and it's in the cell phone age, uh, the way they kind of replace slamming the receiver down is severing the connection like mm. pressing the red button to hang up the call it's it's pretty <laughs> funny how they can't really replace it but they just they just want it so bad right they do they yeah do. <laughs> so so this whole conversation is, is a wonder and then it continues into the next part as dylan's yeah. talking on the radio and Ponchito is kind of messing with the controls uh then dylan has 
Panchito hanging up and then Dutch comes up and starts a conversation. Um, all, all really good uh, wanting by McTiernan again, showing that there's things going on in the background. There's uh, active people in the, whatever, in the area with them. It's not just a static scene. And, right. and I really like um, the action that's going on that um, Dutch can come join. Yeah. That uh, use of the background and keeping people moving and, and keeping the characters there just it continues to enhance sort of the realism of the scene. Mm-hmm. It's it's smart. We've seen McTiernan do that over and over again. Um, and once again, he does it effectively here. So um, what are we to learn from this conversation? Dylan really wants to get a chopper in here and have them pulled out. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to get it. They're in, they need to proceed to sector 3000, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> And you met, you know, uh, pointed out uh, a small, perhaps, goof in their conversation? Yes. When Blazer One is contacting them at the end of the conversation on their end, they say, next contact, 0930. And Dylan says, 1030 hours before hanging up, before severing the connection. Next contact, 0930. Roger, Blazer One. 1030 hours. And in the script, it's supposed to be them both saying the same number. That makes sense. It It'd be weird right. if if he said, "That's right, ten thirty hours," and they're, they're on the other end saying, "No, no, no, no." I, I said nine thirty, oh nine thirty. How did you get ten out of that? That's right. He's like, "Yeah, that, that's ten thirty hours." You damn bastards! Damn bastards! <laughs> He's gonna miss that yeah. call, or someone's gonna miss that call. It's like talking to your grandmother about where you're gonna be extracted. <laughs> huh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sector 3000? <laughs> but I got bingo at 0930. I've got some muffins in the oven. <laughs> I don't have time to extract you from the jungle. <laughs> it, it is interesting he says 1030 hours too. I'm, I don't know if that's a thing that you're supposed to say in military lingo, if you're supposed to say hours or if you're just supposed to say 1030 or maybe it's optional. <laughs> what about you, Jeff? I, I feel like I can uh, sort of hear in my head like other, you know, war movies, military movies where they're like, we're moving out at 0600 hours. Okay. You know, um, I, I, I think I think that is uh, a common thing to say. Okay. But I don't know for sure. I'm, I'm not in the military. <laughs> <laughs> and nor should I be. Uh, they are, yeah, leaving them high and dry. They're not going to come in and save the day. They're... Um, going to do the nice whatever thriller horror move of saying no no you're gonna to have to call us in the morning you just have to you know stick it out for the night and meet us where um, we want you to we, we want you to meet us i also notice here um that there's a glaring omission hmm. in dylan's message dylan dylan he does not mention that they are under attack. Mm-hmm. He doesn't talk about the experience that's happening. It, it's almost like he doesn't, I don't know, what do you think? I, he, he still doesn't quite know how to explain what's going on, so he just neglects to explain it um, or doesn't want to admit that they're under attack. Yeah, it's, it's an, an interesting omission from the original script. In the original script, uh, Blazer 1 and Dylan are trading back a lot more information. Dylan is saying... 
we've been attacked by sappers. There's that term again. We've been attacked. He says, mm. Blazer 1, repeat, sapper attack at 1630 without the hours. Uh, lost two additional men. A.W. Man Williams, K.I.A., killed in action. And comm specialist Dylan, Dylan. which is, um, again, the character of Hawkins was named Dylan in the original script. Right. Switched so, up the names. Comm spec Hawkins killed in action. Prisoner taken, suspected OCR. And I looked up OCR and I don't know what that means. Uh, and then he says, AO may be compromised, suggest additional support over. Blazer One kicks in and says, Red Fox, insulate and extract OCR prisoner, priority able, not priority alpha, which is interesting. Um, and I misquoted that by saying uh, priority out, and it's actually priority, priority alpha, but they say priority able in the original mm. script. I'm, maybe they meant alpha. Contact at 1030 hours for extract details at LZ49 over... And then they both say, you know, over and out, 1030 hours. Right. So even in that script draft, mm-hmm. he's not talking about extraordinary circumstances of their position. Right. He's still blaming it on a sapper or some, <laughs> you know, gorilla. I guess, you know, I, I suppose that makes sense. But right. Because how do you explain what's going on? Like the jungle um, just came alive and took them, I guess. Right. right, <laughs> uh, right. Sorry, you broke up there. <laughs> We're going to leave you in the jungle, crazy. <laughs> but I'm surprised he doesn't at least try to um, give them a sense of urgency. Um, more of a sense of urgency than he does. Yeah, and every telling of this story so far, they've lost uh, two of their squad to, like you said, extraordinary circumstances. Two squad members who, and um, all experience that they're giving us on the screen, they would not have expected to fall so easily to uh, an enemy. Yeah, I think there's still an element of Dylan wanting to save face a little bit mm-hmm. and not wanting to admit how like royally fucked they actually are right <laughs> when when i was writing that goof of him saying 10 30 hours i it made me think he must be the only one who can hear blazer one so he could be like saying anything like oh yeah yeah thanks yeah 10 30 hours when it's supposed to be like oh nine thirty. so that's when i was originally right. writing that um my first thought that he's trying to somehow lie out loud to the rest of the team and make it sound different but i think it's just a goof there they must have you're right they, some adr audio where they added in the 0930 and then he's just kind of reacting to nothing all right well um does that bring us to the next section yeah so um so dutch is walking up the hill he continues he finishes his walk up the hill to them he sits down really casually watching dylan hang up and then he begins the conversation if you want to dramatically line read we can line, read through the rest of the lines yeah um am i gonna be dutch here again (laughs) yeah you have to be dutch what's got (laughs) billy so spooked (laughs) what's got billy so spooked what's got billy so spooked spooked. uh and then if you want you could do ponchito as well okay i'll switch into poncho's voice you have to to change your countenance because when ponchito um speaks up he he's basically taken on the voice he's gonna have for the rest of the movie which is like Desperate and afraid and frustrated <laughs> right. and, excuse me, an angry, scared. Did I mention afraid? Yeah, so <laughs> a good mix of emotions you have going for you. And then I'll well, finish. Let me clear yeah. my palate here with a little swig of my red wine that nice. I have going on <clears throat> All right, Red Fox. And I am White Claw. <laughs> Ruby Grapefruit. Ruby Grapefruit. <laughs> 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 
<clears throat> All right. So he just hung up. They say we're still in too far, and they can't risk coming in after us. We're assets, Dylan. Dylan! Expendable assets. Dylan! Dylan! <laughs> it comes with job. I can accept it. Bullshit. Bullshit! You're just like the rest of us. Cut to Poncho. Shitload of good a chopper's gonna do us in here anyhow. Max sits down. Dylan says, Sergeant. Sergeant. Sergeant! Who hit us today? Time. And cut. And cut it up. Send it into the, the end daily. of the minute. That's yeah. That's that's how our minute ends. We don't hear a response from Mac yet. We just Mac. see his sad face. Mac. 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 Yeah, he's just he's kind of mean mugging Dylan at the very Dylan. end here. Yeah. Just giving him that kind of thousand yard stare right through Dylan. Dylan. Mm-hmm. Like you don't know. Right. He's, you don't know what I've seen. He's in a totally different headspace now than everyone else. He's in a totally different place of possibly vengeance and bloodlust yeah. and also anger at Dylan. Yeah, we're going to see some some shit from Mac here pretty soon. Mac! 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 If you freeze it on that last second, there's a, it's a really good what's left of the team shot with Dylan's mm. face like clearly like leaning in in the foreground. Ponchito looking at Mac. Mac. Dutch looking at Mac. Mac. Billy looking out you know, doing his normal scouting, sentinel mm-hmm. guarding. Um, it looks kind of like Billy might be holding his talisman again. Yeah. Yeah. And Anna's like crouched down in prisoner mode. And Arnold's finger is, for some reason, on the trigger of his weapon as it's pointed to Mac's back. I, I can't imagine why <laughs> you'd be kind of casually ready with your finger on the trigger on your teammate. I'm sure that's just... Uh, Dutch, maybe or Arnold, maybe not remembering the training that you don't have your <laughs> finger on the trigger everywhere right. you point the gun. He's just like, I, I'll just <laughs> hold this gun. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what do you made make of their exchange, Dutch and Dylan, right here? Uh, well, I feel like this is Dutch needling Dylan a little bit. Dylan, um, Dylan. Um, he's calling back to earlier when uh, in the earlier conversation when they talked about being when Dylan, Dylan. talked about Dylan. Dylan. talked about uh, being assets expendable assets mm-hmm. an, asset. an expendable asset and now they're in a situation where they are expend well they're being treated like expendable assets but Dylan is being lumped in with the rest of them yeah. and I think Dutch is kind of pointing that out to him saying no you're you're one of us. You're expendable just like the rest of us right now. So mm-hmm. get off your high horse. Your assets, Dylan. Expendable assets. Right. You're if, if, fucked just like the rest of us. Yeah. You're fucked. <laughs> like if, <laughs> if you're just as if you're as important as you think you were as you're letting on, then they would have sent a chopper in for us right here. Yeah. 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 Instead it's just like another mission that he's on now and you know, the, they'll probably extract him with a chopper. Uh, Panchito definitely has very low hopes of that happening when he says, Shitload of good a chopper's gonna do us in here anyhow. Just And he's like kind of throwing, uh, kind of like a, like an angry kid, just kind of like throwing a stick or something. It's not really clear as he's saying that. 
This yeah, he does look like a little kid, kind of right there. Yeah, and this is this is like I said, the beginning of the Panchito frustrated mood. Just this is him for the rest of the movie, basically. Just right, uh, just angry and frustrated and scared. Yeah, he can make it. I can make it. Yeah, you can tell he's starting to s- sort of give up on what hope he was clinging to previously. Mm-hmm. Oh, poor Panchito. Poor Panchito. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, good minute. Lots of little vignettes to kind of talk about there. That was cool. Yeah, it's it's a real treat when even as you're losing team members, like you're still seeing the team members share a moment, um, even though there's definitely tensions within the group. It's it's good that they're staying this close. It's um, another kind of claustrophobic moment as they're ending this minute where they're all in tight in this area. Like, right at this at this point. <laughs> it's very unlikely anybody wants to leave this little tiny area and like go scout out. They just, yeah, they're just one tight little group. Um, something I did want, did want to say from earlier. So we hear the predator roar Anna, Anna and Billy <laughs> are looking up. Clearly they heard something. It, how come nobody else, did nobody else hear this? Was it just not that loud? And they have like extra sensory hearing or what's the nobody else mentions it like do you remember that roar back then (laughs) right i was kind of wondering the same thing and i i'm wondering if it was just sort of an artistic choice in the filmmaking Mm -hmm. to show their reaction like it's a way to convey to the audience that the predator and our jungle team are in fairly close proximity Mm -hmm. um but you're right, like after you hear the roar and they both look up, camera pulls out, Poncho and Dylan are right there. Dylan. And they don't seem to re Dylan. Dylan. They don't seem to react at all. No. Um, so that is strange. I'm not quite sure, you know, if that's just a a little bit of a goof in the continuity, or you know, they just like I said, they just wanted to uh, illustrate somehow that these two teams or the the predator and this team are are somewhat close by. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, know. what do you think? I mean, it's like clearly they're looking out. Let me just zip back to the beginning of the minute. Clearly they heard it and they're in the background of the radio call. <laughs> Maybe like, they're both like focused in on the radio. Like if they, cause it, Dylan is looking down. It looks like he might be holding the radio up to his ear. So perhaps the radio call and this thing that happened sort of overlapped. Mm-hmm. And they were so focused on listening to the radio that they kind of blocked out the any sounds from the outside. Maybe. Yeah, may, yeah, maybe. But I mean, at the same time, Arnold was, I don't know, in, in my mind, Arnold is kind of... He's prim- right there, right? right? He's like on the perimeter doing his little whatever defensive yeah. pace. And, and did he not hear something? That's kind of interesting. It's just one of those moments where some people notice something and other people... Uh, perhaps the uh, other theory I might uh, throw out there is that that jungle roar maybe sounded enough like an animal or a bird of prey that anyone else hearing it didn't didn't cause them pause. Mm-hmm. But because Anna is keyed into the idea that there is something out there, and Billy's keyed into that same idea, they had a slightly different reaction to that noise. Mm. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Uh, maybe we'll find out. Maybe in the next minute, like Mac and Dutch will mention, like, did you hear that weird ass scream? That was weird. 
<laughs> uh, director John McTiernan hops in on the commentary to explain that the tools that the Predator is using are common veterinary tools. I didn't realize that last minute. It would have been good to, to know when they showed that, if he said that, but he waited about a minute to say that. <laughs> Thanks, John McTiernan. Thanks, John. Um, <laughs> I try not to listen ahead because then I, I don't want to steal things from ahead and put them in the wrong minute. I want to mm-hmm. keep it kind of lined up. Uh, he says that the effort was to make the tools and the weapons the Predator used look just futuristic enough, but not like otherworldly sci-fi Star Trek-ish. And I, I thought they did a great job with uh, the loadout for the Predator. Yeah, they look practical mm-hmm. right um but also different than what you might see in a doctor's office mm-hmm. except if you're taking your cat in then it's like wait a second hey <laughs> you're the predator <laughs> that's what the vet used to extract my cat's anal glands <laughs> <laughs> and my cat went <laughs> and billy's like hmm <laughs> oh, it ain't no man. <laughs> broke dick dog. Broke dick dog. I wouldn't wish that on a broke dick dog. So, uh, let's talk some recommends unless you have anything else to share. No, I minute. think we're good to go. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, recommends. Let's see. Uh, it's been a little while since we've talked recommends. Um, yeah. I think the thing that I will bring up is uh another uh netflix pop-up here but it's uh some stand-up comedy and uh dave chappelle has just released a brand new hour-long special on netflix um and i'm a big chappelle fan i love the chappelle show back in the day um and uh his comeback to stand-up comedy um has been really fun for me and he had a couple specials that hit Netflix like a year or two ago and uh, he just released another one and uh, it's great it's just what you would want from Chappelle Um, it's timely it's uh, some good commentary on the world Um, also just you know really funny kind of crude Dave Chappelle humor mixed in there and uh, I just really like his perspective on life. And uh, I think he's a, a master comedian. So if you like stand-up comedy and for some reason you haven't watched the new Chappelle, get on it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Oh, and if you do watch it, there is uh, a secret ending. What? So if Yeah. So if you, uh, when the special is over, the credits are going to roll. Wait until the credits go all the way down. And at the very end, if you wait, uh, at the little bottom, like normally when it pops up and it's like, like it will show you like the next thing to watch, mm-hmm. what pops up is a little 20 minute little bonus featurette Jeez. of, yeah, of Chappelle taking questions from the audience and just sort of riffing with audience members and answering their questions. And it's honestly one of the best parts of the special. So hmm. do not skip out on the secret ending. It's uh, it's pretty great. Okay, cool. Yeah, so there's my recommend and tip. Yeah, and the little classified information Nintendo Power secret. Yeah, yeah. you had to get the you know, that's uh, issue 49 of Nintendo Power. Mm. But not <laughs> not 69. We're we're way that's... classier than that. No, that would be Adam Pranica's. <laughs> nice. <laughs> wow, we're quickly approaching 69. We're like 55. Wow. I know. Us. Yeah. I have to touch base with uh, Mr. Pranica, see if he wants to come back. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I think he'll be down. Yeah, I've uh, already talked to him about it. He wants to come back. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yes. uh, so I, I, I also had a Netflix pop-up that I'll okay. recommend. Um, Netflix knows I like these kind of nerdy sci-fi things, so they uh, threw in a movie called John Carter, which is a 2012 film based on this Edgar Rice Burroughs kind of pulpy science fiction novel from... Uh, I think 1912 called Princess of Mars and then later on it was adapted to comic books and all sorts of other media but John Carter the movie that in 2012 focuses on a Civil War soldier who uh, upon looking for gold in a cave transports somehow to Mars and um, all the craziness that's going on in, on Mars at the time could just the Mars Get your ass to Mars. Get your ass to Mars. Get your ass to Mars. Uh, Give the like, people the air. The, <laughs> go Hagen. You got what you wanted. Get these people the air. Come on, go Hagen. You got what you want. Give these people air. Give these people the air. <laughs> the air. <laughs> so the air. anyway, John Carter. Uh, this. <laughs> what you're really recommending is Total Recall. Yeah. I get it. Just go to Total Recall. Yeah, it's, it's basically <laughs> the precursor or the postcursor, depending on hmm. what source material you're talking about. Uh, to John Carter. John Carter in, finds himself embroiled in this interspecies battle, and he takes sides and he pursues the princess of Mars from the book. And I just thought it was uh, just a wonderful movie in terms of world building and uh, really fun special effects slash visual effects. Uh, I, th- I thought the humor was was a good kind of tongue in cheek, like, like where the hell am I? And, and like, I, I guess I'll have to go with it uh, kind of attitude that John Carter really plays up really well. Uh, just just an all around fun movie. And I remember when this came out and it bombing and like really terrible critic reviews. Uh, but I would say if you're someone waiting for like the next Star Wars to come out in a couple of months, just give John Carter a try. It's it kind of scratches that itch of world building, and you're in an alien place uh, with a little bit of romance and and not so much focus on the sci-fi as much as like the romance and the the, the fantasy elements. Hmm. That's cool you bring that up. Uh, you're not the first person to recommend that movie to me. Um, I also remember when it came out and it bombed, and I feel like the advertising for it was not very good mm-hmm. and uh, just did not do well, and so I totally dismissed it. And uh, I feel like in like it's recently being sort of reevaluated by uh, the masses, and mm-hmm. uh, I've heard from several people, uh, including you, that it's it's worth a watch as a fun action sci-fi movie. So I'm, I might have to give it a check. Check yeah. it out. Check it yeah. out. Nice. Check check it out. Uh, and now what, it's on Netflix. So yeah, and now it's on Netflix. Just popped up, and I thought I'll just give it a try. And I did like the skipping around the beginning a little bit, and then the, <laughs> saw Brian Cranston as. Uh, another yes. civil civil war like a civil war general I think and oh, uh, that's awesome yeah I had to, had to tune in and see what it's all about and yeah it's highly entertaining I recommend so John Carter so let's let's talk about the virtual world where can people find you Jeff oh well of course you can find me on the Twitter <laughs> I am Carl underscore Hungus three one four my name is Carl, you should be an expert. hmm on the Twitters. Uh, right now I've been tweeting and retweeting a lot about the Seahawks and the beginning of the NFL season. 
which is upon us, mm. um, which I'm very excited for. I'm excited for the Seahawks this year. I think they're going to have a stellar defense, um, and the offense will maybe be good. <laughs> as we, we never know until the year starts with them. So mm-hmm. as an NFL fan, uh, I've been uh, exci- excitedly following what's commonly referred to as Seahawks Twitter. So, all right. Uh, yeah, if you're at all interested in that, uh, follow me there. I'll I'll, I'll definitely be checking in with you week after week as uh, we can review like really briefly some of their games. Like, how do they do this week? And yeah, please do. I'll either be excited or like angry and frustrated, and, and like hate drinking. <laughs> <laughs> but drinking either way. Let's be honest. Right. Yeah. Either happy drinking or mad drinking. <laughs> yes. All right. More material. Cool, cool. Well, you can find Predator Minute on Twitter at Predator Minute. You can email this show uh, with any of your uh, military radio jargon knowledge, Predator Minute at gmail.com. You can also start a discussion or join a discussion on Facebook at the Predator Minute listeners Palapa. Target the center of the Palapa. Target it. <laughs> Target the center of the Palapa. Target's the center of the palapa. Target's the center of the palapa. Dylan. 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 Oh, and it's it's been a while. What else, what else do we have to, to say before we wrap it up? I think that's about it. I think that's it. Um, oh, shout out to uh, Escape from New York mm. uh, Minutes. Uh, we recorded some episodes with them. Um, minutes, I think it's 52, 53, and 54. Awesome. I think. Uh, something like that, and they just dropped this week. So if you can't get enough of hearing John and I talk uh, to other movie geeks about uh, geeky movie things, check out Escape from New York Minute with Eric Deutsch and Molly Balin. Uh, check out those three episodes. It was really fun. It was uh, the scene uh, or the minutes when we uh, lead up to Isaac Hayes uh, driving the car as Duke. The Duke. The Duke. The Duke. The Duke. The Duke. Yes. The Duke. Duke. Dude. (laughs) Duke. All right. Thank you so much, listeners, for listening as always. And for Predator Minute, I've been John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Clover. And until next time, stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Damn bastards. Bastards. Damn bastards. (laughs) Sector 3000. We heard that. <laughs> You're a bastard. Over and out. Red Fox, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> Just for that, we're going to delay that chopper. Uh, over and out. <laughs> God damn it, you bastards. You bastards. Damn bastards. They say we're still in too far and they can't risk coming in after us. Yeah, ass is Dylan. Dylan! Spend the blasts. It comes with the job. I can accept it. Bullshit. You just did the rest of us. Shitload of dirty choppers gonna do us in here anyhow. <laughs> <laughs>